Well, greetings, friends and fellow patriots and fellow citizens, and welcome to this week's edition of the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast. My name is Tom Zawistowski, and we're recording this podcast on Saturday, November 27th, 2021. We certainly hope that all of you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, you know, it, again, no matter how bad it is, we have so much to be thankful for. You know, we've had, we live at the greatest time in the history of man and in the greatest country ever devised. We just need to figure out how to hold on to it, right? But uh, I want to, you know, thank all of you who sent nice notes and stuff. Uh, you know, I want to thank uh, Mrs. McCarthy from uh, Cincinnati who sent this nice card. Thank you for that. I want to thank our friend from Spokane who keeps sending me little uh, gifts in the in envelopes uh, that he doesn't put his name on. I want you to know I've received those. Uh, I just appreciate all the notes that I received from from all of you. I hope that you received uh, our you know Thanksgiving you know uh, email where I just said we are thankful thankful for your support and commitment to freedom, liberty, and prosperity, and so much more. Uh, all the best to you and yours in the holiday season. Happy Thanksgiving from Tom Z and We the People Convention. Um, you know, meant that. Hope you had a great time. We uh, had about 12, 14 people. That's a little less than we normally have. We usually have about, you know, 24 or so. But we had a great get-together with family and friends. And uh, I don't know, the turkey tasted even better than ever. Uh, you know, just uh, you know, just because we're so thankful for everything that's going on uh, in our lives that, that gives us this opportunity to be free and to be prosperous. And, and I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I sent out a, um, a, a text or uh, an email, I mean, with uh, that Thanksgiving uh, message that has a link to our page where Rush Limbaugh tells the real story of Thanksgiving. And I thought it was fitting to send that to you because, um, you know, we, you know, all these people are trying to tell us that, you know, Thanksgiving's a racist holiday and, you know, we took advantage of Native American Indians and it was an invasion and yada, 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 yada. But Rush Limbaugh had, and I, and there was the video where he reads it, but also on that page at wethepeopleconvention.org, you can read the script of his story. And basically the story is real simple. Uh, you know, what they don't tell you where they, they end the story, you know, with the, uh, you know, the pilgrims and the Native Americans, at, you know, having a, a, a Thanksgiving meal. And that, you know, the implication is that the Indians provided the food to save the, you know, the pilgrims from starving to death. But as Rush points out, that that's not the real story. And he talks about the real the story of Thanksgiving is, is basically how the pilgrims came here to the, uh, North America and tried to establish socialism and communism and nearly starved to death. And when they, you know, turned to free enterprise and free markets, they prospered and, and the food that they provide with the Indians that they provided from their bounty and that uh, they followed the, the, their, you know, their vision of what free market is and what, uh, you know, free enterprise is and what, you know, uh, our government eventually became comes from the Bible and Rush pointed that out. So if you didn't get to, to watch it on Thanksgiving, go to wethepeopleconvention.org. It's a very short video. It's like five minutes, but it, it just helps you, uh, you know, remember, uh, what's, what really happened and, and share that with people who have no clue what happened, right? So. 
Thought you'd enjoy that. I hope you did. I did get some comments from some people saying, hey, I miss Russia. I love him. We all do as well, but we can't forget what he taught us, right? That's part of the deal. We can't forget, you know, what Rush Limbaugh taught us. Um, those of you uh, who've been watching the podcast for a long time, you know, know that, uh, you know, this show is about uh, action. It's not just about talk. Uh, it's not, you know, it's not just talk. It's action where we act to defend our individual freedom, liberty, and prosperity. And my goal in this show is to uh, look at all the things that happened in the last week, uh, sort out all the noise and nonsense and propaganda, and try to drill down on things that are important to you and me that actually affect us. And then, you know, suggest actions you can take to uh, help protect our individual freedom and liberty and prosperity. And so during this show, I will be, you know, suggesting you do certain things. And I hope you will do that because that's what makes our organization so successful. That's what, uh, you know, is why many of you listen to this podcast, because you get all the news you need to know and, and you also know what to do about it. And uh, that's kind of what it's all about. So we're going to get on with the show. We've been beginning our podcasts every uh, week for months on end, uh, remembering the January 6th political prisoners who are illegally being held in the D.C. gulags. Um, those of you uh, are, who watch the podcast are familiar with the Patriot Mail Project, patriotmailproject.com, where you can write to the prisoners and make donations to them. I know many of you have been doing that. I, I know many of you have been writing to them and getting letters back. Uh, I got several of those letters this week again. Uh, matter of fact, just this morning, I got a, a text from um, Jake Ryan, who's the prisoner whose father, Ned, I'm talking to about doing a documentary and a class action lawsuit and got a text from Jake this morning saying, yeah, he's going to call me next Tuesday. So I'm looking forward to that. So we begin our podcast every week with just a short prayer for the January 6th political prisoners, for God to give them strength and courage and for uh, God to help their families, you know, navigate this horrible experience where their loved ones, you know, have been, you know, just basically locked up in solitary confinement and mistreated for almost a year now. Uh, many of them are getting out, but there's still too many that are not out yet. And so pray for their families and pray for their lawyers so that we can, uh, you know, get them out as soon as possible. And then pray to God that we can bring justice uh, to the people, particularly the prison guards who've been abusing, uh, beating, and, and just mentally abusing um, th these prisoners. Uh, th they need to be brought to justice. And we're going to hope to do that uh, as we continue to push this issue. So just take a minute, say a quick prayer, and we'll get on with the podcast. All right. Thank you for that. And I, I guarantee you, they thank you for that. Uh, they, they've been so appreciative of your prayers. So the big news this week happened right after last week's podcast, last Saturday on Sunday, uh, after we celebrated the Rittenhouse decision, uh, we had a black nationalist uh, drive his vehicle through a parade, a Christmas parade uh, in Wisconsin and kill six, injure 60 in a, just a horrific attack. And, um, you know, th this is, 
You know, I think that the media has blood on their hands. I think that this happened because they lied, and we talked about how they lied about the Rittenhouse case. They, you know, they said, I mean, they never said that Rittenhouse didn't kill any black people. They they wanted people like this Daryl Brooks, who is you know being held for uh, you know killing these people in this parade. Um, they wanted him to think that this was a racial attack. They wanted him to think that America is against him and that uh, Rittenhouse was a vigilante and that blacks needed to take revenge. And he did. And, and so I'm not making that up. I mean, that's that's basically what, what happened. Uh, the police have in custody a black male by the name of Daryl Brooks, who is con uh, connected to the red SUV involved in the incident, who has a longtime critical re uh, criminal record, who was just released from jail a few days before. He got released from jail on a $1,000 bond, which is nothing, for running over his ex-girlfriend with a car. Now, since this has happened, uh, you know, he has been, there has been testimony by police officers who said they tried to stop him. They were right there at the window of his car, beating on it, telling him to stop. He completely ignored them. There is witness testimony that he intentionally intentionally hurt these people and kill these people so we sent a press release and if you you know get our texts or emails you'd have gotten this press release and you do that by going to we the people convention.org and right on the front page putting in your email or your phone number so i can text you we did a press release because you know i just think it was unbelievable that there was no calls for this person to be charged with what he committed, which is a hate crime. So here's what the press release said. Uh, we, the People Convention, calls on A.G. Garland and DOJ to investigate Wasaka, Wisconsin murderer as terrorist attack and hate crime. Uh, Tom Zawistowski, president of the Ohio-based Tea Party-affiliated We the People Convention, called for U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to order the Department of Justice Civil Rights Division to investigate the murders and injuries inflicted in Wasaka, Wisconsin, this Sunday, November 21st, as a hate crime, and to order the Counterterrorism Division to investigate the event as a domestic terrorist attack by an admitted black nationalist. The FBI defines a hate crime as a traditional offense like murder, arson, or vandalism with an added element of bias. Specifically, a hate crime is a criminal offense against a person or property motivated in whole or in part by the offender's bias against a race, religion, disability, sexual orientation, ethnicity, gender, or gender identity. He is already posted. There was posting that he was upset with the Rittenhouse, uh, Rittenhouse trial verdict. Okay, he he posted uh, on his uh, feed that you know about running people over. Let me say, uh, Zawistowski said it is time for A.G. Merrick Garland to back up his rhetoric with actions and prove that he, the DOJ, and the FBI are capable of applying laws of this land without uh, equally and without political bias. The person being investigated for these murderous acts, Daryl Brooks, reportedly has posted on social media support for black nationalism and the anti-American Marxist group Black Lives Matter, and apparently even made a post talking about, quote, running people over on the street, which suggests that Sunday's attack may have been a premeditated act of domestic terrorism. Garland and the DOJ and the FBA must investigate these claims and, if found to be accurate, charge this individual for terrorism and other related crimes. 
Zawistowski continued by saying, furthermore, in our opinion, the flawed concept perpetuated by the hard left and their media sycophants that violence of any kind is justified, such as the BLM and Antifa riots in 2020, must be totally rejected by Garland, showing that our laws apply equally to all citizens. There is no justification for intentionally running over people with your vehicle if that is what is found to have happened. According to the law, a hate crime is a hate crime, and it's not just something a white person does to a minority. Understand? A hate crime is a hate crime. Equal uh, uh, justice under the law. The, the, the lie that it is only uh, you know, for white people, which was pushed by the racist Obama Attorney General Eric Holder, has been perpetuated ever since by the totally political DOJ Civil Rights Division. Is, is, is now going to be tested. Did Daryl Brooks drive his vehicle through a crowd of mostly white people out of black rage with the intent of murdering them, them simply because of their skin color? If so, that is a hate crime by definition. If this were a white male with a MAGA hat that ran over mostly blacks, would the DOJ be investigating? Based on recent history, they would have declared it a terrorist attack and a hate crime within hours without any investigation. A.G. Garland, FBI Director Christopher Wray, and Director of DOJ Civil Rights Division Kirsten Clark are on trial right now. Do you stand for equal justice under the law, or are you just political actors who do not support or follow the Constitution or the law and only target the political enemies of the left? Your actions in this case will expose the truth. If you do not act, then every Republican in Congress will be right to call for a full investigation. Zawistowski concluded by saying, We mourn the victims and their families. We pray for the injured to recover from their injuries. We demand justice. I'm asking you to go to wethepeopleconvention.org and share. Use the share buttons to share this press release with everyone you know, but mostly with your congressman and U.S. senator, and say, We want answers. We want our congressmen to demand that the DOJ and the Civil Rights Division charge this black nationalist domestic terrorist with a hate crime and with terrorism. Okay? This is how we fight for equal justice. So I'm asking you to take that action this week. Contact your senator and your congressman. And then the outrage of all this and what caused all this is the insane district of attorney of Wisconsin who literally predicted this would happen and whose actions are directly responsible. DA John Chisholm, you know, who's a Milwaukee County DA, guaranteed that his division's approach to the criminal justice system would result in someone being killed. He guaranteed it. This was years before the Washita Christmas Parade massacre with a, uh, with a repeat offender who was released on bail so low, even the DA himself now says it was inappropriate. But back in 2007, he promised his approach to the criminal justice system would result in someone going out and killing somebody. If there is going to be an, indiv an individual I divert, he said, or I put into a treatment program who's going to go out and kill somebody... John Chisholm said 2007 interview with the Milwaukee Sentinel, you bet, guaranteed. It's guaranteed to happen. It does not invalidate the overall approach. So this man, who is a woke joke, Soros district attorney in Milwaukee, where they cheated to steal the election under his guidance, 
okay? He's directly responsible for the deaths of these people at the Christmas parade. And, and so where's the outrage? Where are the people in Milwaukee and in Wisconsin calling for him to step down, right? Because he said he's about equity, not about equal justice. And the lives of those people, those children, he feels are worth not worth as much as the freedom of this black man who has a rap sheet. Folks, his rap sheet, rap sheet is all the laws he's broken, is 50 pages long. 50, not five, 50 pages long. He's been convicted of everything. And these SOBs, this district attorney, let him out. Where's the outrage in Milwaukee, right? Well, that's the problem. There's not enough outrage, and, and it's going to continue. And what does this bring, right? So at the Rittenhouse trial, we saw a jury resist the mob and, and defend law and order and apply the law as they should. Okay, and we're going to see another case where that happened, where these three white guys in Georgia were convicted in a second. But the problem is that these woke district attorneys, these people who believe in postmodernism, who say everything is relative, right? That, you know, your crime's not my crime, that these people are creating chaos. And it's just out of control. And so... Bill O'Reilly had a commentary about what was going on in Los Angeles and, and not only in, in, well, it was in Los Angeles, but also in San Francisco and California where mobs are just having organized looting of stores. They're destroying regular society and the police are, and DAs are standing back. Here's what Bill O'Reilly had to say. Bay Area, uh, there were a number of um, looting incidents and they were coordinated. So on Friday, in San Francisco itself, the following stores were burglarized. Louis Vuitton, Burberry, Bloomdale's, Maxford Jewelry, Yves Saint Laurent, Walgreens. So what happened was between 50 and 100 people went into these stores. They smashed uh, counters, they stole stuff, and they ran out. So San Francisco police say they've arrested eight people, six men, two women. And the San Francisco prosecutor, Chesa Bodine, a radical left idiot, uh, he's now saying he's going to be tough. He goes, stand by for felony charges. Yeah, Chesa, that might have been good maybe three years ago before you allowed the entire city to decline into criminal chaos, you moron, you destructive idiot. Oh, just grabs and crazy. They've got eight out of what, four or five hundred? So if I'm a shopkeeper in San Francisco, which I would never be in a million years, would I live in that town or work in that town? But if I were, I would hire private security armed. I would put them in the stores and there would be signs. If you loot, if you burglarize, if you terrorize our employees, you will be subdued. Now, chances are Chesa Boydoin might prosecute you for keeping the thugs out. But I would do it. Yeah. So there's Bill O'Reilly. And you could tell in his voice. And he was using some pretty strong language for him. 
that, you know, he's really upset about this. And all of us, all American citizens should be upset. But listen to what he said at the end about, you know, he would, if he had a store, he would hire security, right? And try to stop them. And, but then he said, yeah, but the DA would probably charge you. See, this is the, where they're putting us, where the left is, their goal is chaos, folks. Their goal is the destruction of society, meaning they're trying to destroy your family with critical race theory, with, with the transgender agenda, okay, with, with, you know, with the whole idea of, you know, uh, you know, criminal justice reform that isn't criminal justice reform at all. It's, it's, it's simply let the prisoners out of jail to cause chaos. That's exactly what they're doing. Okay, but in the Rittenhouse case, that what was on trial was your ability to defend yourself. Now in California and in Wisconsin, you're in a situation where you know can you defend your property? If you hired guards, they, they we should have a castle law. You know what the castle law is? The castle law in many states have that we have it here in Ohio, where if you come in my house. I don't have to know why you're coming in your house. You don't, I don't have to know that, that you're actually threatening me. I don't have to know if you have a gun or anything. I can shoot you dead if you come in my house. It's called a castle law. Okay. And, and what we need is a castle law for business, right? You're coming to steal my stuff and the police aren't going to help me. But see, this is not what we want, is it? That's why they're trying to defund the police because they don't want the police to come because they want us to use our guns to defend ourselves. So we have what? The wild, wild west. Anarchy. That's not who we are. We're a nation of laws, not of men. They want us to be a nation of men who rule over you either with a gun or not. And the gun may be the U.S. military, right? Or the FBI. That's where they're trying to take us. We got to fight these people. And we fight them by unelecting them. We fight them by running against them. And we're going to talk about that here, uh, you know, in, in the, in the end of the show uh, about something that's going on in that category. But also, we must uphold justice. And so I was very happy to see that the jury found three Georgia men, you know, who had just gunned down this uh, young black man, uh, and they found them guilty. And, and they should have found them guilty. They, they, they were trying to claim they were making a citizen's arrest, but, but it, they never saw the guy commit a crime. Okay? So, uh, let's see here. It took juries around 11 hours of deliberation to arrive at guilty verdicts in the trial of three men accused of killing Aubrey, uh, Ahmad Arbery. Uh, shortly after 1.30 p.m. on November 24th, before a courtroom that included Arbery's, uh, members of Aubrey's family, all three defendants, Greg Mike, uh, Mitchell... McMichael, Travis McMichael, and William Bryan were found guilty of counts including murder. They each faced a maximum sentence of life in prison. Arbery, a 25-year-old black man, was killed on February 23rd um, after being pursued through the predominantly white suburb, uh, suburban neighborhood of Satilia Shores near Brunswick, Georgia. For many, the manner of his death raised questions over the role race played in the killing, evoking a U.S. in which gangs of white men killed black men and boys with impunity. But race played a backseat role in this trial, only being brought up in the prosecutor's closing argument. Instead, the nearly all-white jury, 11 of the 12 juries were white, were invited to focus more on whether the defendants were justified in trying to apprehend Abri as he jogged down the road. Okay? 
So again, upholding the rule of law. When you do something wrong, you should pay. It doesn't matter what color your skin is. And I want to play this because this shows the greatness of America. And 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 this is the father of the, of the black man who was shot and killed. Listen to what he has to say to you. For real, all life matters. All life. Yes. Not just black children. We don't want to see nobody go through this. Amen. I don't want to see no daddy watch a kid get lynched and shot down like that. That's right, Ma. So it's all our problem. It's all our problem. So, hey, let's keep fighting. Let's keep doing it and making this place a better place for all human beings. Amen. All human beings. Amen. Everybody. Love everybody. All human beings need to be treated equally. So there you have him, the father whose son was shot down and murdered by three white men, and he doesn't go to the racial issue. He says, all lives matter. And there's Al Sharpton, the race baiter, and then the other guy who was his lawyer looking like, oh, shut up, don't say this. Look at behind him, you'll see that, okay? And he says, all lives matter. I don't want to see any father see his son gunned down like that. That's America. And that's black America. The people who tell you different are liars. Those are the black Americans I know who believe in something greater than themselves, who aren't racist, right? And who believe in God and and have a religious grounding. And I was inspired by that man, and I hope you were too. That's unbelievable to have the courage to stand up after the pain that's been inflicted on you and speak those words. God bless him. God bless America for creating people like that. And and let's you know not let the Al let Al Sharpton be in the background where he should be. Take the microphone away from that clown. Okay, on to coronavirus. And here's the, just the story, and this is just flat out the bottom line. Joe Biden and, and, and Kamala Harris and the left, they all demonized Donald Trump. But here's the fact. The U.S. death toll from the Chinese coronavirus under President Joe Biden's administration will soon surpass the death toll recorded during former President Donald Trump's administration and in less time, despite the, uh, vaccines being available under Biden and not under Trump. Right? So get that. Uh, approximately 378,955 people in the United States have died from the Wuhan China virus in Joe Biden's first 10 months in office, according to statistics provided by Johns Hopkins University. The nationwide coronavirus toll, which was 396,442 when Biden took office, is now at 775,397. On January 21st, 2020, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention confirmed the first coronavirus cases in the United States in the state of Washington after an individual had returned to the U.S. from Wuhan, China. President Biden, who campaigned heavily on combating the coronavirus, took office nearly one year to the date of the first recorded coronavirus case, but now the U.S. death toll from the Wuhan virus is expected to more than double within Biden's first 10 months in office. Okay? So there you have it, and, and and this is the bottom line. When he ran for office, oh, don't you know, Trump was a buffoon, right? Trump was a buffoon, and Biden is going to fix everything, right? President Biden contends this uh, that there is nothing we can do to change the trajectory of the pandemic in the next several months, which is the exact opposite 
of what presidential candidate Joe Biden promised voters during the 2020 campaign. Candidate Biden's plan said that the trajectory of COVID-19 in America is headed in the wrong direction and only he could fix it. Don't you know? The Biden plan amounted to a slew of nebulous promises that would be implemented to correct the Trump fiasco, such as accelerating the development of a vaccine, producing more masks, and pressuring governors to sign mask mandates, none of which worked. Not my opinion. The facts prove it. We did all those things. What do we have? More deaths. Why are you listening to these people? Biden repeatedly promised to alter the directory of COVID-19, in a platitudinous October 23rd speech, right before the election, Biden pledged to immediately put in place a national strategy that would position our country to finally get ahead of this virus and get our lives back. Immediately is an adverb meaning at once, instantly. It doesn't mean waiting around to take credit for when the Trump era vaccines kicked in. Biden continuously underestimated the speed with which the medical technology would move. Every time former President Donald Trump promised that a vaccine would be available by the end of the year, the fact checkers were deployed to claim that was a lie. It was impossible. But by December 23rd, the United States led the world in vaccinations with more than a million people vaccinated. You know, this despite the fact that during the camp presidential campaign, Democrats such as then-candidate Kamala Harris engaged in cynical partisan efforts to erode trust in the government by in- intimating that the efficacy and safety of the vaccines would be compromised under Trump. Remember Kamala? Oh, I wouldn't take the vaccine if it was Trump's vaccine. Yeah, until they got an office, and then you should take the vaccine, even though it was Trump's vaccine. Now CNN reports, CNN reports that Team Biden has inherited no coronavirus vaccine distribution plan to speak of from the Trump administration. An anonymous source claims there is nothing for us to rework. We're going to have to build everything from scratch. This is from January, by the way, of this year, right? Them claiming Trump left us nothing except for millions of vaccines and a way to attack this, right? Why does CNN allow anonymity in, in a piece bashing the previous administration? Most likely because the claim is obviously untrue. Even coronavirus czar Anthony Fauci refuted the notion. Indeed, the very existence of the vaccine refutes the notion that the Trump administration left the covers bare. Then again, if there were no vaccine plan, or as is the case, we need a better one, why wasn't the Biden administration ready with one of its own? Right? They're liars. They're fools. We can't keep electing people like this, and we can't let them steal our elections, right? And we're working to stop that. And we're going to continue to do that. And we're going to stop that. Okay. But the bottom line is this. The evidence is clear. The vaccines aren't vaccines. Vaccines prevent a disease. None of these vaccines, quote unquote vaccines, prevent a disease. Their best claim is they make the symptoms worse or may prevent some people from dying. Except for the fact that they wear off and are completely useless after six to eight months. So all you people who got vaccinated, you're now unvaccinated. But all the people who got coronavirus, who now have natural immunity, you should get vaccinated. Why? Okay. So now all these countries that are totally vaccinated, Israel, you know, all these countries like, you know, UK, different countries, totally vaccinated. They're going back and doing the same damn stupid things that didn't work. They're locking people in their houses forcefully. Again, they're not just forcing mandates. They're talking about forcing vaccinations, 
physically dragging you out of your house or coming to your house and injecting you against your will. This cannot stand. But what you're not hearing and what I'm going to let you hear and see right now is that the world is rising up and we will rise up. We must rise up and fight this. This is a clip, a video from uh, Steve Bannon's War Room podcast this week where he talks to a guy in Rome who, who just tells you, lays out all the riots, all the protests with millions of people in all kinds of countries saying, no, I will not submit to government control. Watch this video clip. Uh, from uh, from Rome, uh, Ben. Tell us where you are in the city, and then put and then frame this of what's going on in Europe over the weekend. Um, I hope you can all hear me. I'm standing here in the very centre of Rome. I've got the national altar of the Patria right behind me. This is the psychological centre of Rome. This is a scene of of many protests, and it will be continuing to be the scene of many protests as we go forward. Basically, over, the, over, the, over continental Europe, this weekend, there have been hundreds and thousands of people protesting against the uh, COVID measures taken by the respective governments. Particularly, as I go through this list now, country by country, delineating what's been going on, I just want to draw the common theme between each and every single one of these countries. And that is, what we're seeing here is a rebellion against coercion. That's the key point here. The reason this is key is because, don't think, for the folks who are listening at home in the States, that this is all on the other side of the Atlantic and it, you know, it's not going to happen here. This is out of control here in Europe and it is definitely coming to America. So I'm going to go through the list now, OK? Belgium, over this weekend, we had 40,000 people um, out protesting. What were they protesting? They were protesting against measures to, um, to keep people working, the, the unvaccinated, working from home for at least four days a week. And they're not allowing the unvaccinated into bars or restaurants. In Croatia, Catholic Croatia, they were out protesting with national images, religious icons. Um, and they were campaigning against new measures, bringing in mandatory vaccinations for public sector workers. Going over to Denmark now, thousands of people out protesting in front of the Danish parliament in Copenhagen. And they were campaigning against the reintroduction of the national health pass. In France, same thing, the health pass, that's now going to be required in restaurants, cafes and cultural venues. Northern Ireland has been out in the streets over the weekend complaining against an obligatory vaccine pass to go to the Christmas markets. Over to North Macedonia now, people out in their thousands campaigning against the health authorities' recommendation of mandatory vaccinations to the Netherlands. Now, I can't think of, Steve, I don't know, I cannot think of a more tranquil country than the Netherlands, right? These people, they, the Dutch, they don't go out rampaging um, and rioting. They just go to a bar, have a spliff and chill. Here, here's what's going on in the Netherlands, right? There's, they've introduced a partial lockdown on unvaccinated people. And we saw protests numbering thousands in Amsterdam, Groningen, The Hague, and in Rotterdam, the police were firing on protesters, right? Switzerland, thousands were out in Switzerland complaining against the upcoming referendum on the government's latest COVID-19 restrictions. And that's just an example. The, 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 the footage there in the background is indicating the numbers of people that are out. They're angry. They're, they're seething with rage. And you're going to say to me, Steve, you're going to say to me, Hanwell, 
I can see the background. You know why? People who are out here protesting this weekend, and I know after the weekend, not during work days, it's because they have to work. These are people that have two jobs. You know, they're now suffering from a massive inflation pushing up their cost of living. They're now going to go to where the, whether the, the extra price is coming in this winter for the, the 40% extra more on their fuel, fuel bills. Um, so they can't have the luxury. Right? This isn't the Black Lives Matter crowd, right? You know, students and Marxists and, and agitators. But these are people who work. These are ordinary family people, right? They're not political. Um, and they're coming out because they cannot take any more. And I repeat what I said at the beginning. This is going to come to the United States. So there you have it. This is going to come to the United States. And what they were protesting, I mean, you saw it. Did you see all those people? Thousands and thousands and tens and hundreds of thousands of people. All those countries saying, I don't want a vaccine pass. I don't want to have to have a pass to go to the Christmas markets, right? To get on a plane, to go to an event. Okay, it's just ridiculous. And and we're standing up, but they don't want you to know it. The governments of the world are trying to stop you from seeing that video. All right. So I will post it, you know, in our, uh, you know, on our podcast webpage. Right. If you go to the front page of the We People Convention, you'll see the yellow button that says podcast. Okay. You click on that. And then I list all the stories in the show and I will link to that video. Okay. Matter of fact, I'll probably upload it and put it on our video section. Anyway, I'll make sure you can find it. Share that with people because we're not alone and we're not the only ones who see this as tyranny and we have to fight it with everything we've got because it's not about medicine, is it? It's about control. They've completely given up. They don't know what, they don't have a clue what they're doing as far as medicine. We know what's going on. Fauci's talking about you have to take a vaccine, quote unquote, the shot for the rest of your life, like the flu. Well, if it's like the flu, then it's not that deadly, is it? The fact is, it ain't that deadly. And you know what? It's already killed off a lot of people, particularly older people, who were susceptible. So guess what? What are we doing? This is stupid. It's about power. And that's why we have to retake power right? In 2022 and 2024 and stop this insanity, okay? And restore our rights, okay? That's what we need to do. So we're going to take a quick break here. You're listening to the We the People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. The We the People Convention News and Opinion Radio Program is paid for by donors like you. You can donate to the We the People Convention and support our cause by going to wethepeopleconvention.org or by sending your check in any amount to We the People Convention, P.O. Box 6211, Akron, Ohio, 44312. Should be all right, and we're back, and we're glad you're with us, and we thank those of you who donate. We greatly appreciate it. You make possible the things that we do to fight for freedom and liberty and prosperity. And believe me, at the end of the show, when I talk about uh, our contract with candidates and with President Trump, uh, you're going to see that we're going to need that money. It's going to cost us tens of thousands of dollars, and uh, you know, but we have to do it. So I'm very excited about that. 
that. So stick around to the end of the show because I'm very excited about the work we've done with the contract with Trump and the candidates. And we're going to, we're going to share that with you for the first time and give you the ability to, to link to it and actually download the contract and share it. So that's very exciting. All right. So let's get on with the rest of the show. Important news. Uh, Arizona, Montana, and Ohio attorney generals file suit to stop the DHS from, uh, halting deportations. All right. Now this is important because as I talked to you last week, we're winning in the courts. We had three uh, rulings last week where we stopped, um, you know, the uh, OSHA from implementing the ma- vaccine mandates. We stopped uh, the Biden administration from telling states what they could do with the COVID money, right? So we've been fighting. We got the ruling about drilling in the federal lands. Those are all huge. This is a big deal. All right, because because the damn Biden administration, folks, they aren't our government. They're they're trying to be a different government. They don't care about the Constitution or the rule of law. So what they're trying to do now is Mayorka, the clown who's running immigration, is trying to get rid of uh, the border patrol or the you know ICE and to not delete not deport illegals. Attorney Generals of Arizona, Montana, and Ohio filed suit against the Biden administration Thursday to block an order by Department of Homeland Security uh, um, Director Alejandro Mayorkas that would effectively halt deportation of illegal aliens, including those convicted of crimes. Why would anybody want to do that? The AGs are seeking the court to, uh, to declare Mayorkas' guidance illegal and stop it from going into effect. On September 30th, 2021, in a brazen display of contempt for Congress's statutory commands, Secretary Mayorkas announced a policy that abandoned DHS's duties to enforce or implement entire swaths of immigration law, they write in the complaint. Mayorkas' September 30th guidance would effectively halt nearly all deportations, preventing immigration officers from enforcing the law they are sworn to uphold. The guidance goes into effect November 29th, unless it's blocked by a judge. The new policy was announced after two previous policies were partially enjoined after multiple states sued. And, uh, you know, Arizona Attorney General Mark Bronovich said Thursday the Biden administration continues to pursue its reckless open border policies with, while, with a shocking disregard for the law and the safety of American families. Its latest administrative guidance would essentially abolish ICE, even as escalating crime and atrocities are moving through our border and into our communities across the country. And that's the fact. And I think they're going to win this, right? The question is, why is our government doing things to hurt us because they're not our government. They're communists. They hate America. They are anti-capitalism. They are communists. They want one world order, right? The Great Reset. And that's what we got. And they were so serious, they stole the election, right? And we've got to stop that. We've got to fight that. We got to understand how serious this enemy is. So kudos to the AGs because the states have been the ones keeping us in the game. Okay. That's bottom line. And so here's another really important decision. Biden to reinstate remain in Mexico policy after Supreme Court upheld the Trump era rule. And again, this is our concern because the court ruled this that what they did was illegal and they kept doing it until the courts just kept beating on them. They shouldn't have to do that. You shouldn't do illegal stuff. The Joe Biden is reporting planning to reinstate 
the 45th president's remain in Mexico policy after around 2 million illegal aliens breached the U.S. border this year were allowed to breach it because of the people that hate our country. Uh, according to reports Thursday, Biden plans to restore Donald Trump's policy as promptly as possible. Biden officials also said illegal migrants will have a chance to take the COVID vaccine before being returned to Mexico. Now get this, get this. So when 2 million of them were being led into our country illegally, they weren't testing for COVID or making them get the shots when sending them into red states to give you COVID. But now they're going to be forced to reimplement the return to Mexico law, which says, okay, you came here and said you want to come to the United States. We got your paperwork. Go back to Mexico. We'll call you when your court date happens, right? They're going to give them the vaccine going into Mexico. But they wouldn't give them the vaccine coming to our country. The sons of bitches. What sick people are that who tell you they're all about science and you should listen to them? How sick is that? You're spreading COVID in our country and then you're going to use our taxpayer dollars to vaccinate these illegal immigrants who deserve nothing from us. You're going to vaccinate them going into Mexico? What a disgusting display. The move comes after the remain in Mexico was upheld by the Supreme Court earlier this year while ruling that the Biden administration violated federal law by trying to end the Trump era programs. Okay? Violated the law. That's why he must be impeached. Violating the law is an impeachable offense. It's knowing. There's no ignorance here. They don't, they don't want the law, so they just ignore the law, and we got to say, hell no, that ain't going to work. So I said to you, you know, that, hey, you know, they cheated you know, to win the election. Here's a story. Whistleblower's uh, video captures Pennsylvania election officials destroying evidence. A complaint alleges that election officials were tearing uh, tearing tapes into pieces and placing them in the trash, saying they will have a campfire to burn the data. Okay? Look at this. Several residents of Delaware County, Pennsylvania, filed a sprawling lawsuit Thursday against the former Secretary of State, Kathy Bakovar, Delaware County, and the Delaware County Board of Elections, and more than a dozen individual election officials. The lawsuit followed Wednesday night's release of videotapes taken by a whistleblower capturing a concerning behavior by several election officials in the Keystone State. A source familiar with the lawsuit provided access to the tapes to the Federalists, noting the then unnamed whistleblower had come forward with video evidence purporting to show Delaware County, Pennsylvania election officials destroying records from the November 2020 general election. The videos were also filed with the complaint and a bevy of exhibits the plaintiffs maintain support the allegations contained in their 91-page complaint. The complaint filed by Delaware County residents Ruth Moten, Leah Hopes, and Gregory Sensum uh, prevented both uh, prevented both detailed alleged violations of state election law during the November 2020 election and claims of conspiracy after the election to hide numerous problems and illegalities that occurred during the last presidential election. 
With the minutia of the election law recited in the complaint, many escaped the uh, public's no notice. Allegations that the defendants conspired to destroy or alter election data, materials, and equipment to prevent the discovery of fundamental results of the November 3, 2020 election and the violations of various state and federal laws, when coupled with videos, may finally awaken the sleeping masses to the causes of election integrity. So here's a, t a video where they're actually got on video election officials officials destroying evidence and on tape saying that we're going to get rid of it so it can't be audited. But there's no, there was no fraud in Pennsylvania, right? There's no fraud in Pennsylvania. Well, in, on the We the People Convention front page, you'll see a button that says, you know, follow all the election fraud uh, from across the country that we update with these stories because these court cases are still alive, folks. Now, we're running out of time because 2022 is coming. All right. But it's still important that we push this and that we fix this. And the only way to fix it is to show evidence that the cheating happened and make sure it doesn't happen again. And God willing, somebody has to go to jail. I'm still waiting you know, for what happens in Wisconsin, where the sheriff there you know, charged the election officials with crimes. Okay, and, and the, the state attorney general wouldn't prosecute, but hopefully the county DA will. And here we go again. But, but this has got to be the, you know, what we have to do. We cannot let them rest. We have to bring the evidence forward. It's just that simple. Okay, so moving on to other things. Uh, th this is a, a thing that affects you. And, and again, I try to focus on things that affect you. Democratic Senate bill allocates $5 million for chief diversity officer at National Science Foundation. A Senate bill that ostensibly focuses on strengthening American competition with China includes a provision between the lines that would designate $5 million for funding of a new chief diversity officer position at the National Science Foundation, according to the Washington Free Beacon. The bill is the United States Innovation and Competition Act, which is supported by Democrats and opposed by Republicans. The bill aims to address the ongoing economic rivalry and supply chain crisis between the United States and China by increasing domestic manufacturing and tightening supply lines in the United States. And that's, that's what we should be doing. And you're going to see a story next that talks about some good things going on there. According to the bill, the duties of the NFS new chief diversity officer would include establishing a strategic plan for diverse participation in the foundation's various programs, as well as collecting information on the demographics of NSF staff and patent applications in order to know which demographics to hire to offset alleged inequality. The bill would direct states to close such equity gaps by giving subgrants to students in computer science education classes who face systemic barriers. So again, while the Chinese are getting the best and the brightest to, to defeat the United States, we're saying the Democrats want to pass a law that says we're not going to take the best people. We don't want to win. We're going to award it based on equity, right? Not on quality not on merit that's how you destroy a civilization that's what affirmative action has done destroy us that's what's going on wrong with all this leftist critical race theory 1619 project all of it
The new office official would also focus on boosting representation for traditionally unrepresented populations, as well as educational institutions designated specifically for minorities, such as historically black colleges and universities, tribal colleges and universities, and minority serving institutions. Again, we have learned unequivocally from the, the bias committed in, a, uh, in admitting blacks to Ivy League schools, and, and, and to law schools, blacks who are not qualified because their high school education doesn't prepare them, okay? We put them there in, in, without, instead of putting in particularly Asians, okay, but Hispanics and whites as well, who are better qualified on the merits, not because of the color of their skin, we put in these blacks and they fail miserably. This is failed. This doesn't work, and yet the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different outcome. The problem is we're dealing with our national security. We're dealing with the survival of our country. This ain't some damn social studies experiment, okay? This is a thinly veiled attempt to push a radical woke agenda in what the Democrats say is supposed to be a critical national security bill, one anonymous Republican official said. Another congressional aide described it as a disappointment that Republican lawmakers are helping Democrats advance the bill and other similar legislation. So what do you got to do? You got to call your congressman and you got to say, we must defeat this $5 million diversity officer deal in the National Science Foundation bill. The name of that bill was called the, uh, let's see, the United States Innovation and Competition Act. Call your congressman, call your senator, write to them and say, vote down the United States Innovation and Competition Act, okay? Because it's going to hurt you, our nation, your children, our future, our freedom, our liberty, our prosperity. We must defeat this nonsense. Please do your part. Now, people are doing their part. I love this story. I know Jenny Beth Martin very well for many, many years. Tea Party Patriots go local with candidate training class for school boards and county council races. I think this is a great story that I came across, and I want to share it with you. Tea Party Patriots plan to help conservative candidates win county and municipal elections next year, similar to the way the group helped usher in a new class of Republicans in Congress a decade ago. That was when, in 2010, we elected 62 members to the House and shut down Barack Obama, and we're going to do better than that next year to shut down the Joe Biden commie regime. The grassroots group is teaming up with American Majority, they're a good group, a conservative training organization, to offer workshops in seven states between November and February. Arizona, California, Colorado, Florida, Georgia, Ohio, and Pennsylvania. Tea Party Patriots co-founder Jenny Beth Martin said the training is designed for people running for municipal offices, such as mayors and city officials, and build upon nationwide backlash against the COVID-19 mandates and public school policies. Their classes are organized around a simple message of stopping liberal politics in schools and public health policies that go too far, Ms. Martin said. As we watch a full-fledged attack on our freedoms from the local level all the way to the federal level, we simply can't depend on the current class of politicians to save us, she said in a statement. 
from local school boards allowing and in some cases forcing our children to learn about anti-American concepts to city councils, mayors, and governors forcing mandates on the population that are a direct violation of our rights as free people, the time for patriots to step up and participate for, in government is now. I agree. We talked about this, all right? This is just a follow-through on the school board races, right? Where a lot of you ran for school board or supported people who ran for school board who are just ordinary parents who were going to fight the wokeism and the critical racism theory and transgenderism there in schools, right? But it's not enough. You've got to recruit people to run for county commissioner, for township trustee, for city council, and for mayor. And I talked to you last week, right? We talked about Columbia, South Carolina, the second biggest city in South Carolina that voted 68% for Biden in 2020 and, and this November in 2021, a year later, elected a Republican with 52% of the vote. We've got to start fighting in the cities because our black and Hispanic brothers and sisters are moving to our side. They understand that they're being kept on the government plantation and they're getting a raw deal. They want to live like America lives. They want freedom and liberty and prosperity. They don't want Antifa and Black Lives Matter burning down Black and Hispanic and Asian businesses. That's what happened. You know why? Because they were getting off the plantation. They're ready. We need to provide them options. We, the Republican Party has been pathetic in the cities. They just concede them. Whole swaths of them. They never compete. And they give you this crap about, well, we can't compete. Bull crap. We're, all the polling shows, I showed you last week, the Democrats are losing voters in all categories. Okay? Because their message stinks. Their message is, you're stupid and I should control you. And our message is, you're smart and I need to get out of your way and let you prosper. Take the message to the people in the urban areas. That's what you got to be focusing on. Who do we get on the ballot? Because, again, you can complain all you want, but it doesn't matter if we don't make these changes. And it's not just us. Here's some more proof, okay? This, this is great. I put this up on our, our website. And if you didn't see it, go back and watch it. It's a 17-minute video of a New York Times investigation that basically says the blue states are the problem, not Republicans. Um, it's easy to blame the other side. And for many Democrats, it's obvious that Republicans are thwarting progress toward a more equal society. But what happens when Republicans aren't standing in the way? In many states, including California, New York, and Illinois, Democrats control all the levers of power. They run the government. They write the laws. And we and we explore in this video that they often aren't living up to their values. In key respects, many blue states are equally are actually doing worse than red states. They're hypocrites. They will tell you what to do, but they won't do it. Watch this video and share it. It's beautiful. You're gonna just love it. Okay? That that's just again. Even the left is figuring out that they don't like their policies. All those suburban moms who thought Trump was a, just a, a, a ingrate for his tweets, didn't care about his policies, yeah. They're finding out when they go to school board meeting and the FBI's investigate him for complaining about their kids being indoctrinated that maybe Donald Trump was a pretty good guy 
and Joe Biden was the creep, right? Okay, a couple more stories, and then we'll get on to our, our Trump uh, contract with Trump and candidates for 2020, because I'm really excited about that. A couple important things. I have been talking to you about China and Russia developing hypersonic weapon missiles. This is important for you to note, because now they're saying a hypersonic weapon system tested by the Chinese regime in July allegedly launched a second missile while flying at five times the speed of sound, according to a new report by the Financial Times. It's, it is currently under unclear whether the second missile was an air-to-air weapon or a countermeasure intended to prevent the weapon from being destroyed. You know, when the planes, fighter planes, throw off chaff to throw off the, the missiles, the heat-seeking missiles and stuff. They're not sure whether it was a, a the second missile that came from the hypersonic missile was an you know, air-to-air weapon or not. Such technology presents a potential leapfrogging of American and Russian technologies, according to experts, and could provide the Chinese Communist Party and its military with a strategic advantage in the event of war. By demonstrating payload-deploying hypersonic-guided vehicle platforms, China has beat the United States in achieving the capability of near-immediate strategic destruction with potentially non-nuclear weapons, says Risk Fisher, a senior fellow at the International Assessment and Strategy Center. An HGV is a maneuverable vehicle that is fired into space by rockets and then released to glide to its target through the atmosphere. Its ability to make sudden changes to its trajectory mid-flight makes it especially dangerous as it is difficult for early warning systems to accurately detect them. We just don't know how we can defend against that technology. Neither does China nor Russia, said the U.S. Disarmament Ambassador Robert Woods in October. So this is a big development. And again, it's it's why we need to be aggressive and, and, and understand that China is spending tons of money, they're stealing everyone's technology, and they're implementing it because they want to be the world power by 2030. And with the weak you know, and, and dysfunctional Joe Biden, they see the opportunity. And we're going to have to do a lot of things to fight back. One of the things we're going to have to do is we're going to have to start making things here because we can't depend on China if they're our enemy, can we? How stupid is that? So I was happy to see this story, which is a big story. Samsung is going to build a $17 billion chip factory in Texas, marking the largest ever foreign investment into the state. This is important. Samsung uh, will build this uh, $17 billion semiconductor facility in Taylor, Texas. Uh, the investment comes as a global computer chip shortage threatens American businesses, especially in the automobile industry. A statement from the Office of Governor Greg Abbott says that Samsung chose a Lone Star State due to its business-friendly climate. The new manufacturing facility will produce advanced logic chips that will power next-generation devices for applications such as mobile, 5G, high-performance computing, and artificial intelligence. The project will create over 2,000 high-tech jobs, thousands of indirect jobs, and a minimum of 6,500 construction jobs. Construction will begin in early 2022 with a target of production starting in the second half of 2024. That's aggressive. The $17 billion in capital investment includes buildings, property, improvements, machinery, and equipment. So this is you know, really an important step for us because we need to realize that we're going to be SOL if the Chinese invite Taiwan and we don't have onshore chip technology. And Elon Musk is saying this is like the biggest threat to you know, our advancing technologically because without those chips, folks, none of that happens. So 
Interesting thing about that story, interesting if you read that story, what's really interesting is um, that the Biden administration didn't say anything. Now, if Trump were president and Samsung was going to build a $17 billion chip factory in Texas, he would be taking all the credit. Trump would say, I did that, right? And he probably would have something to do with it. Why wasn't the Biden administration there to take credit? Because this hurts China and they're supporting China. They're all on the dole with China. Actions speak louder than words. Think about that. How politically stupid is, are you to be president of the United States and have something this big happen and you don't want anything to do with it? Why is that? Oh, I wouldn't want to upset my Chinese masters, would I? Wow, it's just unbelievable. Okay, so on with the big story of the day to wrap up the show, okay? Our contract with President Trump and all the 2020 candidates. I'm so excited about this. I'm so excited about what you've done to help me get this ready. And I feel comfortable now with where we're going, okay? Now, this is not on the website in a public way right now. I'm going to put a link in the podcast page where you're going to be able to go to a page and read the article I hope to get published and download the contract so you can start giving it to candidates. But I want to get your opinion first. But here's what's exciting. We went from what was three pages, okay, three pages of text to this, one page, one page, where I get 15 points in that I think you're going to love. And I'm going to read over some of them right now, okay? But we're going to post these all on, uh, you know, the page where, um, where you know, you can find it, okay? So it's going to be on our website, on this page. It's going to be the article, and it's going to be the actual contract. So in our contract, you know, I had to, you know, I had to make it so it could work in a way where President Trump could accept it. All right. So here's what I did. If I can find my glasses here. Okay. The contract is titled, We the People's Contract with 2020 Republican Primary Candidates and President Donald Trump. Okay. That's what it says. And then it says, I, print name, and the candidate's name, Republican candidate for Congress in the 2022 primary election to represent the voters of Ohio 16 or, or Ohio 15 or whatever, district or state, Hereby pledge to vote for and support the following legislative proposals if elected. Donald J. Trump hereby agrees to consider supporting this candidate in the 2020 Republican primary election after consideration of all candidates in this race upon receipt of this signed document. We the people in this district state hereby pledge to vote for this candidate in the 2022 primary election if endorsed by President Trump. So the process is... Here's the contract. You give it to the candidates who say they're running for Congress and Senate in your state. They either sign it or not. If they sign it, you return the signed document to us at info at wethepeopleconvention.org. It's right at the bottom of the page here. Okay. And then we're going to send that to President Trump after we're sure that you think this candidate is legit. And then he's going to consider all the candidates in that race, and decide who to endorse. Now, remember, he's already endorsed some candidates, so we expect them to sign this, all right? But the point is, there may be multiple candidates to say, well, I'll sign this, I'll sign this. So now President Trump has to take into consideration 
other things like their ability to win, his other experience with them, whatever. So we got to give President Trump a little bit of flexibility to who he's going to endorse. But our goal is to have him not endorse anybody who won't sign this. Does that make sense? Maybe it'll make more sense when I read you a little bit about the article. But, but basically, I, I want you to go to this to the link on wethepeopleconvention.org on the podcast page. There's going to be a link to you know, look at our contract with the 2020 candidates of President Trump. You're going to click that, and you're going to get to an article. Okay. Now, here's what the article says. Uh, it's not enough to elect Republican majorities in 2022. The this time, we must agree on what they must do to restore our nation before we vote for anyone in the primaries. Okay? So that's kind of what, you know, this, this page says. All right? Then I start the, the article, which I'm going to try to get placed in Breitbart or somewhere to start this off. Then we'll probably run this article and the pledge in a, an ad. And then we'll spend money to get on local radio around the country to start the discussion about these items, why they're on there, and why they're important, okay? But anyway, I start the article by saying, Jordan B. Peterson, the leading thinker in the Western world today, makes a very important point in Rule 10 of his mega-hit book, 12 Rules for Life. In, 12, in Rule Number 10, he instructs us to define problems exactly, precisely, don't make vague statements about your problem. Instead, put your problem into specific words. Give form and clarity to your problem, and only then will you be able to deal with it. I cite these words of wisdom because they precisely describe the problem we the people face at this critical time in our nation's political history. The polling shows that nearly every policy implemented by the Biden regime and his hard-left masters are historically unpopular with the majority of Americans, be it the economy, illegal immigration, energy, foreign affairs, race relation, education, or the pathetically failed COVID response. Americans of all ages, races, uh, uh, genders, religions, and economic statuses are deciding to reject democratic socialism for freedom, liberty, and capitalism. They want America back. They want the America they know back. Since November 2nd, 2021 elections, there where this rejection manifests itself by Democrats from Virginia to Seattle, not just losing their elections, but being devastated in the voting, it is the consensus of political experts of all stripes that Republicans are going to win histor by historic numbers, new House and Senate seats, and the control of the U.S. Senate in November 2022. To many Americans, attending those results is critical in getting our nation back on track and provides hope for the future, but is not nearly enough. It is not enough that we take control of the U.S. House and Senate in 2023 because having the control, having the majority of votes means nothing if you don't have a plan for what those votes will implement. Okay? So that's the, the start of the article. There's more to it. I want you to read it. Okay? But I think you're going to be very, very happy with, you know, the contract that you can download and read. You'll see that it's more in bullet points. We're not spelling it out as much. We're just making statements. So the first one is, is what we've said all along. I pledge to immediately vote to impeach Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in January of 23 after taking back the U.S. House and Senate in the 2022 election. 
I pledge to vote to fund the completion of the wall on the southern border, to end chain, chain migration, to stop all legal and illegal immigration until a merit-based system can be implemented. Stop all immigration until a merit system can be implemented. And to immediately end all federal assistance being provided to any and all illegal aliens living in the United States or its territories. That's about self-deportation. If you stop the benefits, they will go home. Number three, I pledge to vote immediately to repeal Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act and to pass legislation prohibiting the censoring of any user-provided legal content carried on any internet platform by making these platforms common carriers. I vote to repeal and replace any federal law that promotes abortion and funds out-of-wedlock births and replace them with laws that encourage marriage and two-parent families. I pledge to vote to make all government unions illegal in the United States. I pledge to vote to end all federal funding of all, for all four-year colleges and universities and to end ongoing funding for the Bankrupt Student Loan Program and to increase funding for students attending trade and vocational schools. I pledge to vote to complete, completely defund and eliminate the corrupt Federal Bureau of Investigation and assign all of its critical functions to the U.S. Marshals Service to repeal the Patriot Act and to eliminate the corrupt FISA courts. I pledge to vote to implement legislation similar to the Communist Control Act of 1954 that makes it a crime to be a member or supporter of any organization that promotes communism, Marxism, socialism, or any anti-American, any other anti-American ideology. I pledge to vote for laws to end all government efforts at promoting concepts such as critical race theory, the 1619 Project, equity, sustainability, transgenderism, and all the postmodern ideas within the federal government and in society as a whole. I vote. I pledge to vote to reduce the overall number of federal employees, excluding the military, by 10% per year in each of the next four years and to pass the Regulatory Accountability Act of 2017 to restrict the power of federal agencies. I pledge to make vote to make continuing resolution uh, budgets illegal and to return Congress to regular order budgeting. No more continuing resolutions. I pledge to vote to pass a balanced budget amendment to be sent to the states for ratification by the end of 2023. I pledge to vote to pass a law requiring the Comptroller General of the United States to give a public fiscal State of the Union address to Congress on April 15th of each year, tax day, uh, providing that America, providing the American public with an audited balance sheet and profit loss projections for the U.S. government for the next 12 months. I pledge to vote to pass a law requiring all members of Congress to be subject to all laws passed by Congress and all exemptions in law for Congress persons are to be immediately void. And finally, I pledge to vote to pass a law requiring all members of Congress and their staffs to be required to pass the same security checks as required by executive branch appointees. I think you're going to like it, okay? Go to our website and, and, and on the front page at WeThePeopleConvention.org, click on the yellow podcast you know, tab, and on the page where my podcast is, you will see the link to this. You can download it and read it. At the bottom of the article, there's going to be a, uh, you know, a, a thing that says, click here to comment, to send Tom Z a, a comment about the, the contract and the article. 
So you've got a few days, you know, during this Thanksgiving weekend to come back to me and say, this is good, this is bad, this is misspelled, you know, restate this this way, whatever you want to send. But then next week, we're going to try to get this out there, okay? And it's going to cause us just a complete storm, right? Because people are going to say we're nuts and this is stupid, but we're going to create a conversation and we're going to decide who's on our side and not by putting this document in their face, okay? That's the bottom line. We're going to put this document in the candidate's hands and we're going to say, are you with us or not? Prove it. And then we're going to send it to President Trump so he knows in all 435, whatever it is, House races, and I think there's 32 Senate races, I want President Trump to know who is on our side before he endorses people. And then I want him to tell us, because then we're going to do a national primary scorecard, okay? Where we're going to say, here's the candidates in Idaho for Congress. President Trump has endorsed these people. They've signed our contract, and we want you to work and vote for them. And then here's the second part. After they win their primary with Trump's endorsement and our support and get elected in the general, they're going to go to Congress, and we're going to expect them to do these things. We're going to expect them to come through, right? Why else do this? And so what we're going to do, we're going to keep a scorecard. So that in 2024, all the ones who lied, all the ones who didn't vote for these things, we can throw them out. We can primary them. And President Trump will withdraw his endorsement. And in 2024, when we win back the presidency and the House and the Senate, hopefully with a majority of over 60 in the Senate, then we're going to go to town. Then we're going to restore our nation. We're going to defund the communist left. And we're going to drive them out of our country. And then we're going to drive them out of the rest of the world. Yeah, that's a plan. Pretty auspicious, I know. Pretty aggressive, I know. It's what we got to do. I wouldn't ask you to do it if I didn't think it was important. I don't think there's anything more important than this. I don't, I don't think there's anything that we can do that's more important than this. Because right now, we cannot afford to elect people who are going to stab us in the back. We can't afford it. So this is how you separate the rhinos from the warriors. That's what we're trying to do. Separate the rhinos from the warriors. I'm looking forward to your feedback, and I'm looking forward to your help in getting this to every congressional and Senate candidate in the United States. Yeah, that's what we're going to do. And the ones who won't sign it, you're going to tell us, and we're going to tell President Trump, and then we're going to find somebody else for him to endorse and they're going to beat the people who won't sign it. Mark my words. That's what happens between now and next November. We got one year to get her done. We get this done, the Democrats' party is going to be destroyed, wiped off the face of the earth. And these people who T-Bar Patriots is going to train to run for council and all that stuff, next year, I don't want to just have a historic win in the U.S. House. I want to have historic wins in state houses, state senates, in city councils, in mayor's races. I don't care if it's dog catcher. I want to defeat Democrat dog catchers. Okay? That's what I want to do. I won't settle for anything less. They're at war with us. It's time for us to be at war with them. And if I'm at war, I ain't at war to lose. I'm at war to win. 
And I think you're at word to win as well. Okay? So enjoy the rest of your Thanksgiving. Have you know, just think about all the great things we have to be thankful for, but commit yourself to fight to defend your freedom, liberty, prosperity, our constitution, our way of life. Because that's what's on the line. And that's sure as hell worth fighting for. All right, I'm gonna wrap it up. We'll be back again next week. If you you know, if you have things to send me, articles, information, whatever, send it to info at we the people But most of all, tell people about this podcast. Get our viewership up. You're gonna to want to share this one, baby. You're certainly gonna to want to share the article, you know, that that we uh, you know put out about our contract once we make it public. It's not public on our page yet. You won't be able to find it unless you go to the podcast page and click, okay? But tell people about our podcast. Get get Build the army for us so we can fight this fight and win, okay? It's important to get more people in. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week. You've been listening to the We The People Convention News and Opinion Podcast, and my name is Tom Zawistowski. So proud.